Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/fine. Visit ixl.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's ixl.com/fine. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Jolenta. Welcome back for another season of By the Book, lady. I cannot believe we're launching into season three. Woohoo! Season three. I can believe it, because you're a total badass. I don't know about that. I kind of think of myself more as a polite ass, maybe a polite ass mixed with a bit of kick ass. Well, kick ass. Oh, my God. Kick ass. No, I disagree. And I have a book that might convince you otherwise. Oh, I know you do. Because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And this is By the Book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. Today, our book is You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life by Jen Sincero. Jen Sincero started off as a woman committed to creativity. She was a musician and writer with record contracts and published books, living an unconventional life. She was doing what many creative people aspire to do. But despite her successes, she still did not feel successful. She wondered, is this the best I can do? Am I once again barely going to make rent this month? Am I going to spend another year dating a bunch of noncommittal weirdos? And am I ever going to find my deeper purpose? In the midst of her wondering, she decided to spend her life savings, plus go into credit card debt, to hire a very expensive life coach. Soon after, she launched a business helping other writers with their book proposals. She saw her income triple. 
She embraced a new relationship with money and with herself. She gave up her home and began traveling the world, giving motivational speeches, and she felt truly successful. In 2013, she took everything she'd learned on her path to improvement and wrote, You Are a Badass, which has since gone on to sell over a million copies, become a New York Times bestseller, and be translated into over 20 languages. You Are a Badass is built on the belief that the universe has everything we need. We just need to ask for it. This means forging a relationship with God or the source energy or Mother Earth or whatever we want to call her. And then matching our own energy and thinking with what we want to attract in the universe. This is also known as the law of attraction, which we've covered on the show before uh, in our pilot episode on The Secret. But that's just the start. You Are a Badass says we also need to be active. We can't just think about what we want and expect it to come to us. According to the book, the trick is to have both energy and action working in unison. And on top of that, the book mixes in heavy doses of self-love, with every chapter ending in the directive to love ourselves. Here's how you do it. Step one, figure out your unique purpose. Pretend you're an alien who's landed on this amazing planet and gets to take over your awesome body. What do you see around you, and what do you most want to do with this opportunity? Listen to your intuition. Pay attention to what you daydream about and consider who you admire. Don't worry if you can't figure it out right away. Just do something. Don't overthink it. Doing will help you find your purpose. Step two, tap into the mother load, or the abundance of the universe. Focus on what you want in life and act as though you already have it and deserve it. Fake it till you make it. Surround yourself with people who live how you want to live. Be generous and practice gratitude. And forgive yourself and others. Stop living in the past and harping on things you did wrong or things other people did to you. Explain to those who've hurt you how you feel without blame and forgive them. Let your emotions out and then move forward by choosing happiness over being right. Sincera warns that this is a tough one, but worth it. Step three, get over your BS. Ditch the self-deprecating humor. Stop comparing yourself to others. Never apologize for who you are. Become aware of the stories you tell yourself that hold you back in life. List the false rewards you're getting from those stories and say goodbye to those false rewards. In place of false rewards, write a new and positive story, then make those stories your new affirmations. Say them and read them all the time. And finally, get help. If your goals seem too far away, talk to a therapist, a coach, a trainer, a friend, anyone who can help you get what you want out of life. Step four, kick some ass. Go after the things you want in life with a fiery passion. Get good at decision-making and stop procrastinating. Done is better than perfect. If you have too much on your plate, delegate. Also, foster a relationship with money. Start thinking of it as just another form of energy in the universe. And have secret weapons to lift your mood, like an upbeat playlist. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. Oh, Joe Lenta, tell us about your first week of living by You Are a Badass. Well, first, I, I figured I should try to establish some sort of religion with God because I don't have one. Um, but I don't really vibe with God and organized religion. Uh, I do love nature and all its little critters. So I put an air plant I was given as a gift on my bedside table so it would be the first thing I saw in the morning. And that way I could just open my eyes and think about how fucking insane the universe is because air plants make no sense to me. And that is beautiful because (laughs) 
Things have a right to exist even when they're confusing and you might not know the complexities behind them. And that is a good thing to be reminded of. Oh, my gosh. That is deep. Thank and you. I don't know Thank what you. your air plant's like, but I accidentally killed an air plant last year. So mm. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have a right to exist in my house, but I'm glad it does next to your bed. And, oh, then, it's, thank you. and then it's giving you some inspiration. Yeah. So after that, I started with step one, finding my purpose. The book says to look at your life uh, like you're an alien or through the eyes of your biggest fan. So I chose to talk to my biggest fan, Frank. Oh, Frank. I love it when your dog makes appearances on the show. And did Frank tell you why he loves you so much? Did he tell you what he loves about you? Uh, Yes, he did. Or rather, uh, I sort of told myself what I think he would say about me in his little Frank voice that I've made up for him. Your Frank voice is hilarious. Oh, it's a good one. Shall we listen? Oh, yeah. Can you tell me why you're my number one fan, you little cutie? Oh, yes, totally. I'm your number one fan because you're my mommy. And my mommy is the most amazing person in the world. You're in charge of the whole universe, mommy. You make the lights go on in the morning and everything. You control the whole world. Basically, you're like a magical witch who has the power to make all the good things happen. I also love my mommy because she's tough. You know, she's a total badass. She can really command a womb. And, you know, you better sit down when she says sit because she she gets what she wants out of life and she doesn't back down. Oh, Jolenta. Frank loves you so much. (laughs) He is the sweetest. He loves you so much. And, of course, your Frank voice is the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, this was fun. You know, it felt like sort of a dumb way to trick myself into a pep talk a la, you know, what to say when you talk to yourself. But I liked it. Good, good. But let's talk about step two. Step two is about tapping into the mother load of the universe. Right, right, right. Well, part of it, at least, fell right into my lap. The forgiveness part. Oh, shit. You hate forgiveness. Yeah. We've talked about this Usually before. Usually I skip that part in books. Yeah. What was the book we were living by? Why Good Things Happen to Good People. Oh, you right. skipped the forgiveness yes. step. Yes, I did. <laughs> I found that step to be stupid. But, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable. Uh, here's what happened. Right after we started living by this book, I found out that my dad is essentially a high-end gambling addict. You know, oh, he uh, his gambles are investments in, you know, hipster startups that usually look really cool and, you know, pay off. But his favorite investment started failing about a year ago. And instead of bowing out, he secretly gave them a ton of money from my parents' shared savings account behind my mom's back. Like, Oh, God. Is yeah. your mom okay? She's, I mean, she's pissed. She's, she is pissed and rightfully so. You know, he, he was doing shady shit behind her back. He admitted it and it is being resolved, but it's been a lot to deal with. And he has been literally asking me and my mom for forgiveness. And then what did you do? Well, first I got just really upset. You know, it was sort of like a dam broke. And, and suddenly this image I had of my family kind of shattered and I was able to acknowledge family dynamics that I basically spent a lifetime trying to ignore. Oh my God. You this know, is so yeah. heavy for the this first is a lot. Of the I know. Season. It, ha- oh it literally on. fell in my lap. This I had I had a, a different deal. outline plan and like I had an idea of where things would go and then this shit fell in my lap. Oh God. So basically I was really angry the first few days and I wallowed in self-pity and I recorded an audio diary. So here it is. I'm really sad right now. I'm pushing myself to be honest and explore 
explore narratives that that I've been telling myself that might be a lie and like might not be very good for myself, but it's really hard to acknowledge these things. I've been thinking a lot about my relationship with my dad and um he's a good man, but he's really stunted and and a lot of fucked up shit happened to him when he was a kid and uh but I've also had to pay the price for this, you know? He's he's belittled me and and given support to like countless young men in business that he sees as his son and and not supported me in the same way and it hurts. And I know it's because of his own issues and his own emotions being shut off, but like it's time to acknowledge it sucks and I feel overlooked and I feel like he picked a bunch of like white straight business dudes to support and give money to and help foster their ideas and he picked them over me over and over again and told me it was in my best interest and it wasn't and it hurt and it made me feel stupid and a lot of that self-doubt I carry around and the, the things I say to minimize myself and my work are are his ideas in my head. Jolenta, oh my God. Uh, my heart is breaking for you. Thanks. I don't even want you to forgive him at this point. I mean, I forgive is also a strong word. Like, I didn't forgive him right away, you know? I I let out my anger, like Sincero says to do. And, and after that rant and just crying by myself and talking into my phone, like, I did calm down, you know? I stopped spiraling mm-hmm. after I let it all out. And uh, I was able to have a uh, more coherent conversation about the situation and forgiveness with my partner, Brad. It's hard right now because I'm having all of these realizations about my family and it's dynamic and it's not as healthy as I thought. And like, how could I have not seen my family dynamic for what it is for so long? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, what, Because you were a kid when it started and then it seemed normal for the rest of your life. Like, what's... It's not but it's still unique, hard it's you know. still hard to like you know know I couldn't see things for what they were and yeah. not to like blame myself for being like complicit as an adult for the past decade just being like do 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 like <laughs> I think you need to be easier on yourself it's not weird that you like have a very unique relationship with your family Everyone has a unique relationship with their family. Yeah. And, like, for you to think that's normal is normal. It might be more unhealthy or less unhealthy than other people. That's because it is unique. How do you let yourself off the hook when you're like, whoops, like, never saw that, just realized it, like... You learn stuff every day about how to be, like, a better podcaster. You learn new stuff every day about how to be a better performer. Why can't you just learn stuff about, like, being Being a a family family member? member? You wouldn't be, like... God, I've been doing podcasts for five years. If I learn new lessons, that means I was a bad podcaster. No, you just go like, oh, that's great. I this like will help adding me. that to my toolbox. This will help Thank me for God. the rest of my career. Yeah. Well, you're like, right. You're right. Yeah. I don't know how to snap. I'm trying to snap right now, but yes, <laughs> Here, Brad, snap for yes. You. Wait, I can't either. <laughs> what? None of us can snap. Cameron. Cameron, snap into the mic. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Thank oh, you. Sometimes he's smart and I need to talk to him. I'm so glad that you did. I'm really yeah, glad that you did. Me and too. <laughs> I'm super happy that he said that. And I'm really happy that you're just trying to change your perspective on that. I think that's a great Thanks. thing. Thanks. Thank you. So uh, that's how my week one ended. So, Kristen, 
How was your first week of living by You Are a Badass? All right. So I have to say that before I even started living by this book, Uh I had some problems with the whole law of attraction and higher power part. Yeah. As you know, Jolenta, I was skeptical of the secret, which first introduced us to the law of attraction. Yes, you were. And for listeners who have not heard that episode or don't remember, the law of attraction is the theory that you only get from the universe what you put out there. So if you get rich, it's because you deserve it. And if you get cancer, you also deserve it. And all the law of attraction, people claim that this is science. And obviously it's not. And on top of that, I'm not what you'd call a God person. Mm -hmm. I was raised with some church and I respect others who belong to houses of worship, but I would never in a million years say the word source energy with a straight face. But the book advises us to start with a spiritual foundation. And so that's what I tried to do with some advice from my husband, Dean. Here we are. The whole foundation of the book is that there is a God, there is a higher power, Hmm. the universe, what have you. So what advice would you give to me knowing that I'm not what you would call religious? Um, hmm. So a higher power you can organize around, like that you can believe in to live by this book. I mean, I think that you should just believe in your Nana. Believe in the spirit of your Nana. But I thought you didn't believe in spirits. I don't have to believe this. You have to believe this. (laughs) You know if you do something naughty and your Nana found out, there would be trouble. And you know that when you do that something... That would make her so sad. Exactly. And you know that when you do something amazing, if she was here to see it right now, she would, she would be incredibly proud of you. And I think that's a great higher power to align with for this book. Oh, I didn't expect you to say that, honey. I thought you were just going to be your regular atheist self. No. You need something to align to. That's what the book says. So I'm trying to think of something you could actually align to. Oh... That's nice. That's much more organized than things I was thinking about. Because I do think there are things in this world that are transcendent, even though you don't. Mm. I think that there's something... Well, why do you need my advice then? <laughs> well, no, no, no. But the things I think are are huge and big and ethereal are things like love and beauty and nature and all of these things. Mm. They're much bigger than I am. And sure. they're... You're only five foot three. <laughs> But all those things seem very loose. And so if I'm thinking about my Nana in this, that is nice. That's nice. Dean. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. I like have goosebumps and I'm crying a little bit. Yeah. That is the sweetest thing in the world. I love the idea of your Nana being an inspirational force for you. Yeah. Dean. He's so manipulative. He knows how to get me to play along with books like this. He is so crafty. He can get you to do anything, I bet. Oh, God. Okay. All right. So after I got over that and after I had my Nana to really be a central force to think about, I moved on to step one figuring out my unique purpose. And for this, I knew I wanted to do something with my work. And Jolenta, as you know, I was promoted a few months back to a director position. Thank you. And I really want to do my best in this job. But I wasn't really sure where to put my finger on what that meant when I said I want to do my best and I want to be better. And so I talked with Carly, who is both a friend and a coworker and just a really inspiring, amazing person, to get her take on things. And this is our conversation. This is the problem, Carly. I don't actually know this whole thing, figure out your unique purpose. What if I'm actually already doing what I want to do? I mean, 
Although maybe you have ideas of what I could do better. Well, I think you're wonderful. And <laughs> Does it sound smug that I'm like, I don't need any unique no. purpose. I'm already doing everything. No, I think it's amazing when people are very happy with themselves. That's, yeah. That's I mean, fabulous. Um, but, God, I don't know. Am I here to inspire people? Maybe I'm here to inspire people. I think you are. I think you're going to be the next Oprah. Oh, stop it. Stop it. You can do it. I just need to... I just need to make sure my team is inspired. Maybe inspired is a lofty goal, but maybe make sure that everyone around me feels empowered. Yes. And inspired. Inspired is a good, that's a good goal. Okay. All right. I like that goal. I can do do it. it. I can do it. Thank you, Carly. Yes, Kristen. Yes. Inspire and empower. You, 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 I mean, I think you already do that. (laughs) But I like that you are making it a concrete goal and like moving towards it on purpose instead of just accidentally inspiring and empowering. Like apparently you have been thus far. Uh, How did you, how'd you get to work on that? So I did step two. I tapped into the mother load and I did all that focusing. I did all that visualizing. And specifically, I focused on what it means to feel inspired and to help others feel that feeling and how Nana did that for me and did that for others. And there was one story I kept on going back to. There was this one time when I was a kid and I was looking at my Nana's photo albums and I came across this photo album that had all these black and white, I think they're called like Instamatic photos Mm -hmm. from the 1950s. And they were just unlike any other photos in her albums. And I asked her, who took these photos? What's the point of these photos? And she said, well, when the kids were very little, your mom and your aunts and your uncle, I got this camera and I sent them out in the world with a camera because I wanted them to feel empowered and in charge of the world. And I, I wanted them to feel that the way they saw it was important. And so I sent them out to take these photos. And God then, damn it, Christy, you're going to make me cry again. <laughs> I know. Nana was the best. Like, can't handle Nana right now. <laughs> and these are the photos they took. And so I put them in an album so they felt validated. And That's I was like, so oh, my beautiful. God. Nana. So I kept thinking about that story and how I can tap into that and be how Nana was. And so that's how I visualized and imagined empowering and inspiring people. And then, of course, I also talked with people who inspire me and who are great at their jobs and who I trust for their advice on how I could do better. And here's a mashup of what some of these folks said to me. Since I became a managing producer here, which I am really grateful for, I now get to come to more meetings where we look at pitches from outside people who want to make shows with us, and that has really, really opened my eyes about the decision-making process here, and that's been huge for me, and it occurred to me in our conversations that if it's been transformative and eye-opening for me, it would probably be transformative and eye-opening for other producers on the team as well. I mean, I guess you have to let make sure that people know that it's like that things are possible. You can't, like, shut the door on on people's, like, hopes and dreams. Well, I think you could try to delegate to your team more and maybe say no more. Saying no feels really good. Most people that I work with that are looking for leadership are looking for a little safety to make a mistake and reassurance that they should try. So... In order, that was the great Sam Dingman, my friend Lila, Carly, who we talked with earlier in the show, and, of course, Dean. And I absolutely loved all their advice. 
But before I actually put any of that great advice into action, I, of course, had to try something that was a struggle for me. What was that? I'm not going to tell you now. You always do this. Because that was in week two. (laughs) And I'm not going to talk about week two yet. It's not that time. It's time for us to take a break. All right. We'll get to week two in just a moment. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Okay, Jolenta, we talked about our first weeks of living by You Are a Badass. Now let's talk about week two, starting with you. Okie doke. I started week two with step three. Uh, It was time to get over my BS. And since I was so upset, I started with getting help. And I oh, had uh, I had an emergency phone session with my therapist for the first time ever. I've never been able to like text or like nine one one life imploding, um, but I did. And that's why they have that number for you to call. Exactly, and it was fucking amazing. You know, similarly to my talk with Brad, she reminded me that like nothing is my fault, and all I can do is learn and move forward. And you know, I don't have to live in that place of beating myself up after I learn something new. She is a good therapist keeper. Seriously, her advice inspired me to finish step three and list all of the stories I've been telling myself that deep down I know are like kind of shady and probably a lie. So here is my list. My self-limiting beliefs. What I put into the world has less value than what others put into the world. When I left for college, I abandoned my family. Men don't take me seriously and often dismiss me because my energy and stature intimidate them. My wrist hurts and will hurt forever. No. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't say these things to yourself, Jolenta. It's too late. They're my stories. Okay, okay. So So what did you do with those stories? Well, I figured out what I was getting from them. I reframed them, and I wrote them as new stories that are a little more positive to replace them. And I put them in my bullet journal so I could see them every day. Oh, you love your bullet journal. So hold on. Can you give me an example of one of those storylines that you reframed? Um, I'll go with a simple one. My wrist hurts and will hurt forever. I have tendinitis, and I don't do the exercises to make it better. It's been hurting me for about a year and a half. I just did some more research on this tendinitis. With the exercises, I should have been able to clear it up in six to eight weeks. So what's the new story you told yourself? So the new story I've told myself is I take care of my body and treat myself well because I know when I'm at my best, I can do my best to help others. Oh, good. And I've been doing my wrist stretches every morning, by the way. So you totally nailed it. Yeah. So that means you can move on to step four. Exactly. It was time to kick some ass. Yeah. So I took action. First, I made a happy music playlist to listen to when things got tough. And I listened to the shit out of that playlist because (laughs) kicking ass is tough. 
Uh, you just have to push yourself to, you know, move past a lot of the things you've put in your own way. Uh, I started working on a proposal for a project that I'd been stalling on and finally made some headway. And more importantly, I talked to my parents about how I felt and I explained that I'd be trying to implement some new boundaries with them. So, Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Here I am checking in with my dad at the end of week two to see how he felt about me kicking ass. I just wanted to ask you how how you've felt since I've been asserting more boundaries. Do you feel like I'm being a bad daughter? <laughs> no, not a bad daughter. Just, just uh, I don't know, a more maybe a more grown up daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> we used we used to joke about you being a baby grown up. Well, maybe maybe you're not a baby grown up anymore. Maybe now you're. You're just a real grown-up. I'm a grown grown-up. That's right. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> so I consider this progress, even though it is messy progress. It's not always neat, but it is progress. Thanks, Dad. Okay. I love you. Love you, too. Bye. Oh, that's not just progress. Yeah. It's another word that ends in two S's. That's badass. Oh, shit. Yes. Yes, I just did it. I oh, my there gosh. Because you deserve it. You are Thank a badass. You. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm growing up a little bit into a nice adult badass. You are. And, you are. Uh, yeah. While that conversation sounds very stilted and awkward to me, it, it was a good way to end my two weeks living by this book. Excellent. How did your second week of living by You're a Badass go, Kristen? So, as I was saying earlier, there was a step that maybe I had yes. some problems with, and that was step three, the part where we have to get over our BS and specifically rewrite our self-sabotaging scripts, the part mm-hmm. that you did really a great job at with your tendonitis and so on. Thank you, thank you. The thing is, I don't think I say very mean things to myself, and I actually loathe comparing myself to others. Comparing myself to oh, others no, is she's horrible. Too healthy to have self-limiting like stories. That. Oh I don't my like gosh. doing that. So I didn't actually know what to do with step three. <laughs> so as usual, I turned to Dean for advice. Good. Thank you, Dean. Let's talk about self-deprecating humor. Mm. Comparing myself to others. Mm. Um. Uh. Do I put myself down? And are there ways that maybe I'm working against my goals? I don't think so. I can't think of a significant time that you self-sabotage. Well, crackers and cheese, that can be challenging. That's you talking about yourself. that's me. That's you. (laughs) I don't get this dad bod, you know, (laughs) by by not working out my my cracker arm. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I feel like there'd be something completely delusional about never acknowledging that sometimes I have doubts. Yeah. And... The great thing about having doubts is that then you can ask questions and maybe people can help you. Right. Whereas if you never have any doubts at all, you can just keep living your, your delusional a, world and keep on ruining everyone else's life. Is this book a guide on how to be a megalomaniac? Is that what this book is about? <laughs> Stop doubting yourself. Rule the world. Build an evil lair. No, it's just to be a badass. Yeah, so talking to Dean, I acknowledge that 
once in a while I'll say something that's like, oh, I don't know if I know how to do that or, oh, I I have some questions here. But none of it was solid enough to make a script yeah, saying around I have or do questions that here is not the same as saying like men hate me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, obviously, step three, I just didn't really do it. I mean, I talked about you it. thought about good. it. I, I thought that. about it. But I didn't really. I struggle with that more than you. Anything. So it makes sense that I would have more to work with. Like mm. you've worked with that before we met. So many years of therapy. So many years. Yeah. <laughs> you got tons of help. All right. Let's talk about step four, kicking ass. My fave. Yes. Ass kicker. So step four, I liked the idea of this step quite a bit. I like action. I like putting good advice to use. And I really was eager to be more inspiring and more empowering at work. So I started by doing what my colleague Sam said. I started inviting team members to participate in more meetings where they could gain a better understanding of how decisions are made and hopefully feel a little more empowered along the way. You know, see how the sausage is made. Nice, nice. Yeah. Next, I moved on to what Dean and Lila said, giving people space to try and fail and letting them know that things are possible. So I set up a monthly meeting where staff could pitch their own ideas for shows in a very low-pressure setting where everyone would have five minutes to talk about whatever they wanted to, whatever crazy show idea they had, and that everyone else in the room would clap. After I, they came I up love with that. that. Idea. We used, I used to do that when I taught children's acting. No matter what happened when the kids were done doing their exercise, we always clapped. It's I good. love it. It's Clapping good for morale. It's kind of like a louder version of what Nana was doing by saying, I'm taking your photos and putting I'm them putting in an album. album. Yeah. yeah. Oh my exactly. God. Nah. Yes. And you know what? Regardless of whether or not any of their shows will be made, um, they all know that they're developing a new skill. And that their colleagues are there for them and support them. That's awesome. I want that at work all the time. Yay! Finally, I did what Carly said. I started saying no a little bit more. And I started (sighs) delegating. In fact, I even delegated something to our very own producer, Cameron. Uh Uh-oh. And here I am doing that. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. So, Cam. Yes. I know that you have a million things on your plate all the time. Sure. As do I. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I know that your load is lightening a little bit. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I could ask you to help with some stuff on another show that's coming down the pike, and it would require some business travel. And I know that's a big ask because you'd have to go on a trip that's at least three states away. You might have to help with some editing, some coordinating, some other things. Uh-huh. And um, I... Again, I know you have a lot on your plate still, so I'm wondering if that's something you'd be available to do. Yeah, that's the, I I like traveling around. I think that'll be do fun, you? and I'll make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I do. <laughs> all right, so I'll tell you a little bit more about it. Uh-huh. Um, I should have done a better job selling this up front rather than making it sound like it was a loathsome thing. But no, <laughs> you made that sound <laughs> than it turned out to be. That is so cool. Cameron is a badass. Cameron, you are a badass. badass. No, you're a badass badass. boss. We're all badasses. Cameron, you're a badass. Jolenta, you're a badass. You get a badass. You get a badass. You get a badass. Oh my gosh. We all get a badass. We are badasses. We're badasses. All right. Oprah, I mean, Kristen. (laughs) Uh, Can we take a break? (laughs) Yes, yes. And after we come back, we're going to get to the verdict. But first, a reminder we love hearing from you. Have you lived by You Are a Badass? Share your story at 505-510-BOOK, or you can email us at buythebook at panoply.fm.
Okay, Kristen, it's time to get down to business. Did You Are a Badass actually work? Did it change our lives? Do we recommend it? Well, obviously, I want to hear from you first. All right. Did it change your life? Let's do this. Jolanta's verdict is, overall, this book was a fun read for me and a fast read. I liked Jen Sincero's tone. She talks kind of like how I talk, so obviously I like it because I like seeing myself mirrored in books. <laughs> um, but when it came to actually unpacking the advice in the book, that was hard. Her advice is kind of poorly structured, if I'm being honest. And it was uh, it's pretty badly super structured. repetitive. Everywhere in chapters, there are different bullet pointed lists and random bold titles. And a lot of them sort of seem like the same thing, but they're in different chapters. So I couldn't tell if it was part of one exercise or another. And when I finished the book, I was like, cool, but now what? There's just so much anecdotal stuff to sift through. Mm. But I liked the vibe of the book and the advice once we were able to distill it really helped me in like a really rough place. So I half recommend this book. Mm. Like it's an enjoyable tone. And if you can, you know, sort of parse out what you need, I think it's good advice. I love the writing exercise of listing your self-doubting beliefs and rewriting them. I think if anything, just do that part. Like that's all I really needed from the book. Got it. So there's one positive takeaway plus some good tone. Yeah. How about you? What do you think? All right. So first, I'm going to start with the positive side of things. Nice. And I never thought I'd say this, the higher power part. I didn't Mm want to fake believe in a higher power for this book. So when Dean suggested I just think of Nana, I have to say that was really great. I loved thinking of my Nana every day, many times a day and trying to be better at my job through her eyes. Because of her. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that. Second, I loved getting all the advice I did from people who inspire me. I really am going to try harder to ask people for their advice every week or even every day if I can muster it from now Mm -hmm. on. I'm surrounded by smart people. I should be asking you all for your wisdom. I should be. But, of course, Uh (laughs) there were parts that didn't work for me. For example, I hated thinking about all the ways I was supposedly sabotaging myself, and obviously I skipped the whole script writing part as a result. And anyone who listened to our episode on The Secret already knows how much I hate the law of attraction. I mentioned it earlier in the show that I hate the law of attraction. The law of attraction is not science. It's presented as science. It is fake science. But Mm -hmm. here is my biggest problem with the book. It's fixated on money, and it just absolutely smacks of privilege. If your way to success was to fork over more than I make in a year to hire a life coach, I don't know if I can trust you. And if the grand conclusion of your life story is that you are now a world traveler who has rich friends who let you stay for free at their pristine homes in stunning locations so you can just write whenever you feel like, that smacks of privilege. Most of us do not have friends with luxury homes in the most sought-after locations in the world. But Jen Sincero does, and that's great for her, and that's how she concludes the whole book, to prove that her thinking is the way we should all be thinking. Oh, man. Now I feel so fucking dumb because I was like, I like her tone. She talks like me, and I talk like a spoiled, rich, white lady. No, you don't. You do not talk like <laughs> that I do at not all. travel the world. I kind of don't like traveling that much. Don't tell Cameron, who apparently no, is excited to travel. She's very much like jumping the network right. here as long as all your friends are millionaires with mansions. Yeah. Who don't mind putting you up for free. And I guess I definitely do not believe in the jump in the net will appear type approach to life. So. Yeah. And that's totally her. And also... Yeah. 
the fact is that this privilege is Mm -hmm. very closely linked to her relationship with God. She says it repeatedly. Yeah. God and money link together, or I'm sorry, her words, source energy. Mm -hmm. And 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 money. Money energy. Yes, all of those things. And that's prosperity ministries, which everybody has Mm -hmm. debunked. And it just implies that God smiles on certain people and gives them money while depriving others. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we don't like ridiculous. No, we don't like that. So I'll just conclude by saying I got some good out of this book, but at the end of the day, it had way too much in common with the secret and the subtle art of not giving a fuck for me to fully recommend it. I also just love that you did not do the one step that I recommended. The The one thing where I'm like, if you get one takeaway, do this thing Kristen literally didn't do. No, just think of my Nana, folks. Think of my Nana. Or do a writing exercise if that works. And like, you just don't know Nana. (laughs) I guess we're done with our first episode. Of season three. Of season three. Yes, yes. That's it for this episode of By the Book. Our producer is Cameron Drews. Our managing producer is Mia Lobel. Thanks also to our composer, Nate Wyda, and to the Rizzos who performed the kick-ass new version of our theme song. And, as always, thanks to Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read You Are a Badass and how it worked or didn't work for you. And feel free to send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is bythebook at panoply.fm. You can also tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at bythebookpod. And, of course, you can call us at 505-510-BOOK. Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find our show, and it helps us keep our jobs. Yes! Also, if you haven't already, just tell a friend about the show. Take their phone and subscribe to our show on it. Force everyone to listen forever. Until next time, I'm a badass. I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm a badass. I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, badasses. I have to say, if Carly says you're the Oprah, does this mean I am Gail? No, we're both Oprah. What? Oh. Yeah. Oh. We're totally both Oprah. Oh, Cameron's Gail. Oh. He's going to be running our magazine soon. Oh, my God. We just need a Stedman now. Yeah. Ooh, Stedman. Oh, yes, please. Two Stedmans. Anyway. Uh... This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.